playing uh, a rambling Joe Biden speech, which I think is going to become a, a theme. Um, and it'll be driven as much by other Democratic candidates as it will be by anybody uh, on the right, well, as they want to bring him down as too crazy to be the um, nominee, or too too old to be the nominee. Well, the topic has been broached. It's no longer whispered about in, in cloakrooms. Now everybody's kind of openly saying he's a rambly old man. Old buddy of mine just texted me that there's a simple explanation. Joe Biden has hired Abraham Simpson as his speechwriter. Oh, yeah, we got this text. I wore an onion on my belt, which was the style at the time, which is a famous Grandpa Simpson reference. I said, give me five B's for a quarter. <laughs> and I said, hey, Esther. And also, since Biden was talking about a rusty, straight-edged chain fight, yes, uh, Biden yes. versus Ben Carson pay-per-view. Remember old Ben Carson with the, the attack the guy with a brick and right? Did he tried to stab his mom at one point. All kinds of crazy stuff. Mother, That'd be a good mother fight. stabbers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, wow, craziness. More craziness. on that later. Yeah. So I don't know. Did you follow this over the weekend? The whole new book coming out by two New York Times reporters about Brett Kavanaugh's college hijinks. His college penis. Or at least like a five second incident somebody alleges though the victim doesn't recall it and it's just, it's terrible. And and it was funny and I'm a quibbler, but Marshall's headline earlier an hour ago was uh, Judge Kavanaugh facing new allegations except he's not facing them. Not at all. He will do nothing. He will say nothing. He has no comment. This will go away in the blink of an eye. And yet official Washington in the echo chamber was just going crazy over the Well, weekend. how many of the Democratic candidates called for his impeachment or for him to resign? Virtually all of them. I mean, all of the ones that count. That's a pretty big deal. Well, it would have been a big deal in past years. Now nothing it, nothing is a big deal anymore. No, no. But uh, uh, presidential candidates calling for a Supreme Court justice to resign or be impeached? That's a big deal. Um, the New York Times last night, though, the, really, the to me, the key to the story is they they well, they they backed off, but actually they just pointed out things that are true that they didn't point out in their article, which, by the way, was in the opinion section. It was a weird way to go about this in general. Right. A couple of journalists have a book out, and they wrote an opinion piece about their book. Yes. Which I think the reason for was, if you write an opinion piece as opposed to a news article, you don't have to live up to some of the journalistic standards that normally exist well, with a news article. It's an all-purpose dodge. Uh, well, it was an opinion piece. When people point out that the, the absolutely terrible, shameful lack of real reportage. I'm so, looking at, well, it's an opinion. Piece. I'm looking at Good Morning America. They briefly did the Iranian oil story, which you got to do, because that could be the beginning of World War III. Um, uh, but they pivoted right to the Kavanaugh thing. Right. And right. the New York Times says, look, it's, 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 we, it's in the book. They didn't talk to the so-called victim. She wouldn't give an interview, and she doesn't remember it ever happening, yeah. which I'm guessing is why the FBI didn't interview people, because if you, if you, if you got a victim who says, I don't remember it happening, and I'm not talking to anybody about it, yeah. it kind of ends an investigation. Right, right. Well, I'll tell you virtually everything you need to know, then I'll tell you more. But uh, I heard uh, Kamala Harris, who's called for the impeachment of the Supreme Court Justice, Brett Kavanaugh, um, on the uh, Nakedly Progressive Radio, NPR. And the host, uh, the hostess, the uh, anchorette, to her credit, led with, you've called for the impeachment, but is there any evidence here? Yeah, um, er, uh, well, you see, um, er... And Kamala finally got around to saying, listen, uh, victims don't always recall what happened, but we have a witness, blah, blah, blah. 
But NPR was extremely skeptical about all of this and and had the, uh, but what about this? Tone? Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I saw, you know, I'm looking at, what is that, ABC? Yeah. And one of the first little graphics they had up there was the victim does not recall the incident. And it's just, it's just shameless. And it focuses largely on Deborah Ramirez. She was the second gal after Christine Blasey Ford, who, what was her, oh, she was, wasn't she being pimped by Michael Avenatti? So, uh, Blasey Ford was the woman that actually testified there in the, uh, in the court, in the, uh, in the house room, house chambers, in front of all the people that we all right. watched on television. Over the weekend, the story came out that her dad, Back to the Kavanaugh nomination, which is wow. kind of interesting. I don't wow. know what her relationship with her dad is like, but well, and her lawyer's a hardcore abortion rights activist and all, and the whole thing stinks. Um, to this, to the specifics, if like normal human beings, you're enjoying your family, friends, and hobbies over the weekend. The writers said they corroborated Ramirez's account with at least seven people and also uncovered an allegation that uh, Kavanaugh displayed inappropriate behavior toward another woman in college. Um, oh, here's the, to the accusation. A classmate said that he saw Kavanaugh with his pants down at a dorm party where he said friends pushed Kavanaugh's penis into the hand of a female student. Hey, with friends I, like that. I don't know if they had borrowed the penis and were passing it around <laughs> or what. I'm not quite sure of the, uh, the the blocking of that scene, for those of you who've done drama, um, exactly how the penis was under the control of others. Mine is usually quite close to me. Um, uh, but it's just... So w- what we're talking about here is alleged, momentary, ridiculous, drunken college hijinks with no real victim that the alleged victim doesn't even recall and had no effect on anybody in any way for a single moment of their lives. And and Washington spends all weekend talking about it in fevered tones and talks about it impeaching a Supreme Court justice. Well, and the only named source, because they're all unnamed except for one guy, and he's had a beef with Kavanaugh going clear back to the Clinton impeachment where right. they battled his lawyers. Right. So, and there's a side fake reversy to this. The New York Times put out a tweet publicizing the uh, the story. Uh, that m- If I'm Kavanaugh at that party and it happened the way it's described, which I have no reason to believe it yeah. did, but I would say to my friends, stop putting my penis <laughs> in other people's uh, faces. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's just rude. It reflects poorly on me. Let me decide what to do with my own penis. Right, and frankly, my uh, my penis doesn't have a say in this either, and, and, and that's disempowering. The New York Times message read in part, having a penis thrust in your face at a drunken dorm party may seem like harmless fun. And, of course, the left went crazy. That the New York Times is funny. I had, uh, I this is the second time I've gotten sucked in by this. I was familiar with the story in the headline, and uh, and then the, uh, the 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 side faker verse comes out. New York Times under fire for tweet about the story. I remember it was like that headline about what was that story? It doesn't matter. And I thought, um, oh, okay. So finally, the New York Times has gone so far down the road of being wildly irresponsible. People are pushing back. Good. No, no. The the outrage was over that headline that. Having a penis thrust in your face at a drunken dorm party may seem like harmless fun. It's it's. I wouldn't use the term harmless fun. It may be idiotic, but what's what's? How did we get to this point where 
that's idiotic. It's stupid and idiotic. All right, don't do that, kids. It's just dumb. But why are we at the point where everybody acts like that is now the sort of incident that would scar you for life? How can a woman ever continue on with her life? The repercussions were endless, personally, professionally, psychologically. How are we? How have we become so fragile and rigid? Some drunken jackass is wagging his penis around 35 years ago, and you're supposed to be devastated by this? What? What's happened to us? What a sad little country full of cringing kittens we are. And so the other big story of the day, and we're going to well, talk to... Well, and penis whack. <laughs> and I don't, I don't approve of either side. The other big story of the day is that it looks like Iran attacked Saudi Arabia in a full-on act of war. I mean, a full-on, you-could-respond-with-everything-you-got sort of act of war. Couldn't you? Is that, that's not an overstatement, I don't think. Well, yeah, you certainly could. I mean, throughout history, people have. The whole uh, proportional response... Is it's kind of commentator bull crap on. If they did launch, you got to pursue your national interest. If they did launch seventeen cruise missiles at their oil refineries, which is all of Saudi Arabia's uh, economy, yeah, um, that's a heck of a well, thing. I mean, camel pelts, you can get a, <laughs> a delightful parka. Or so we'll blanket. see. We'll see where that goes, and we're going to talk to our middle military analyst uh, Mike Lyons later in the program. I can't wait to hear what he has to say about that. I have not heard any meaningful dispute of the fact that it has to be Iran. Sure. And they wiped out uh, a little more than half, I think. Well, let's call it half of Saudi Arabia's, uh, Arabia's oil producing capacity in the blink of an eye. It's a huge act of war. They're already in a proxy war in Yemen. But and where this goes... And lucky for us, back in the 70s, for instance, we were so dependent on uh, Middle Eastern oil. Now we really aren't. We're we're, the, we're a... a a net oil exporter. Mm-hmm. We've, we've got more than we can use, so we sell it to other countries. Also, in terms of it being part of our economy, back in the 70s, uh, the energy sector was 20% of the S&P 500. Now it's 4%. So the ability to, do, to devastate our ability to drive or our economy is much, much less than it was back in the 70s. That's a really interesting number. Yeah, I think so. So we've vastly increased our oil producing capacity, and we're much less dependent, but it's just... Not that big a factor anyway. Yeah. Huh. Times they change, Jack. Which is good news for us, because otherwise, if yeah. this sort of thing happening in the 70s would have been a holy crap. Yeah. We might be waiting in line for gas and the whole thing, or, or getting involved in a war to get the energy supplies going again, which we might do anyway. Uh, who knows? But more on that later. Plus, cancel culture claims another victim. Oh, really? Brand new Saturday Night Live uh, cast member. Is he gone before he started? Okay. Shocking That that on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Putin tried to dispel concerns over the suspicious lack of candidates, arguing it was actually a good thing. In some countries, there are 30, 50, even 100 candidates. That doesn't mean to say they do better work. It's quality, not quantity, that counts. I mean... uh... Look at Netflix. You have choices, but where is quality control? What is frontier? What is the order? 
What is Malibu Rescue? What is Working Moms? What is Back with X? How, how does this business model work? Somebody explain it to me. But, so Putin was making the claim that there are no candidates running. Is better for the democracy. Well, just one or two carefully picked ones. Yeah, exactly. Quality, Jack. Uh, we're playing Cars music today because Rick Ocasek, the uh, lead singer from the Cars who married the supermodel back in the 80s, uh, died over the weekend. So we're playing Cars music. Also, have this he headline. will be missed. We'll have full team coverage on this story later. California woman swallows engagement ring in sleep eating episode. Yes. She had a dream she was sleep eating and ate her engagement ring. Mm. She's now in the hospital having it removed. They mm. can't just, you know, wait. I'm going to get lodged up in there somewhere. I don't know. Probably depends on the size. It's one of them great big rocks. Wow. And wow. they all stove up. I've, I bought her a, a rock <laughs> so big she couldn't possibly pass this it. This is a rock so big you couldn't pass this if you, if you had to. Oh, honey. That's odd. That's very odd. So the one uh, Rick Ocasek or Ocasek uh, memory of mine is I heard an interview with him probably a decade ago. When he was mostly producing records. Uh, notably, uh, two of Weezer's great albums. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, oh, yeah. That's probably why they sound the way they do. They sound Cars-like. They do, in a way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, he uh, they asked him, what do you do? He was coming off as very serious in the interview. Because he was an incredibly serious guy. And they said, uh, what do you do for fun? And he said, I, I don't have fun. I have no interest in fun. I, there are things I do that bring me satisfaction, but I'm not really a guy who goes around seeking fun. And at this point, he's a dad. Well, like little kids. <laughs> and I'm thinking, y- y- you are a tough guy to take. But, you know, creative geniuses often mm. are. But uh, I, I don't have any interest in fun. Whoa, boy, we are not hanging out. <laughs> Did you ever see the Saturday Night Live bit where Matt Damon is at the dinner table uh, just being a regular guy and then Leslie Jones is just rubbing, and they get into a conversation about Weezer and they get into this angry, screaming at each other conversation about whether not. early Weezer or later Weezer was better. <laughs> I have not. And it's hilarious. It's hilarious and it involves Leslie Jones. That's the only funny really? thing. Really? It was written. Really? For... Yeah, I don't know. I'm glad she's gone. She's gone from Saturday Night Live. Yes. Which is good news because I never found her funny at all, but some of the new cast members apparently are too edgy for my taste racist and homophobic jack this guy's name is shane gillis saturday Night um, live starts weekend after next i looked it up i was hoping it started saturday but it didn't you're a much bigger fan so you might be more interested i've hardly in ever missed an episode ever yep um i'll, I'll watch you sometimes because it's funny sometimes anyway uh, this shane gillis geek he's a uh, comedian from the philadelphia area and he and <clears throat> another white guy Oh, for God. That was good. That's good. That actually took the wind out of me. Um, and his, his co-host, they, they have a, a podcast, Matt and Shane's Secret Podcast, or they used to, in which they would just jaw about various comments and drop lots of F-bombs and try to be funny. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sounds familiar. It was kind of mild, mildly amusing. But <clears throat> in this podcast, uh, which is just, again, a long conversation of funny guys trying to be amusing... Uh, they say things that the cancel culture snowflake people find uh, impossible to take. They do uh, use the word chink in reference to Asian people, although it's this is a great example of, of the way you can shade these things. I'm reading this in Vulture.com, which is like kind of a pop culture website. And uh, they never use verbiage like... Uh, um, uh, 
the, the vulture people never say a series of comments that some have characterized as racist. They do the modern thing of just declaring them racist, sure. declaring them homophobic. I don't understand why you're not racophobic or homist. Why are there different terms for different things? Hmm. Anyway, um, they just declare them to be so. They're having a conversation about Chinatown. How does a Chinatown get started? It's actually a fairly amusing conversation. Not great, but fairly about... So I guess you build one funky-looking building, and Chinese people live there, and, and other Chinese people come by, and they say, how many blank and C words do you think live in there? We ought to build next door. You know, it's just... It's dumb, but it's fine. It in no way was racist. Racism being, oh, Chinese people are inferior, they're stupid, they should be exploited, blah, blah, blah. No, it's just insensitive. Just rude and kind of insensitive. And, you know, they drop some F-bombs as in uh, a a bundle of sticks, a faggot, um, and that sort of thing. But the the cancel culture snowflakes are acting like they're systematically horrifyingly racist. I'll be interested to see if NBC backs down or if they stick with this guy. The, the modern times, my guess would be they they, they, they decide not to, to have him on. I'll hit you with this statement in a minute. Okay. Marshall's News is coming up next. Give me two words, Marshall. Biden. Okay. <laughs> that was very Biden-esque. You need to work on your accounting. <laughs> yes. Two words. When last we left our heroes, we were discussing this new Saturday Night Live cast member that made some, uh, what some people believe are racist comments about Asian people, and uh, so there's a move to have him booted off Saturday Night Live before the season even begins. Yeah. And I'll be surprised if NBC doesn't do that, because that's kind of what we do now. Well, we've got the story posted. I'd encourage you to listen to it. I mean, it's rude stuff. It's two guys trying to be funny and dropping F-bombs and the rest of it, and trying to be edgy. Um, But uh, this uh, Shane Gillis says, I'm a comedian who pushes boundaries. I sometimes miss. If you go through my 10 years of comedy, most of it bad, you're going to find a lot of bad misses. I'm happy to apologize to anyone who's actually offended by anything I've said. My intention is never to hurt anyone, but I'm trying to be the best comedian I can be, and sometimes that requires risks. Here's a comment from the easy-to-like Andrew Yang, who's running for president. He's Asian. He was asked about these racist Asian comments by the SNL star. The media hoping that the presidential candidate would say, there's no room for that in our country, and he cannot be on Saturday Night Live. But Andrew blah, Yang... Blah, 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 hate speech. But Andrew Yang said, I want nothing to do with cancel culture. I think society is becoming too punitive. I think our country is becoming excessively punitive and vindictive about remarks that people find offensive or racist, and that we need to try and move beyond that. Particularly when it's a comedian trying to be funny. Beautiful. Well, there you go. Another reason to like Andrew Yang... News now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump is questioning Iran's denial of involvement in the weekend attack on the Saudi Arabia's biggest oil refinery. Trump tweeting, remember when Iran shot down a drone, saying knowingly that it was in their airspace, when in fact it was nowhere close. They stuck strongly to that story, knowing it was a very big lie, and now they say they had nothing to do with the attack on Saudi Arabia. We'll see. The headline seconds ago from the Wall Street Journal, U.S. tells Saudi Arabia oil attacks were launched from Iran. 
American officials say intelligence indicates that Iran was the staging ground for a debilitating attack on Saudi Arabia's oil industry and have shared the information with Saudi Arabia as both countries weigh retaliatory strikes, according to people familiar with the discussion. Yeah. And these were cruise missiles, they, you know, a really sophisticated, right. high-level, you-need-to-be-a-real-country uh, weapon. And they either came from Iran or Iraq, they believe, but it was Iran behind it. This is a big deal. Saudi Arabia and Iran going to war would be, well, it would be something. The Saudis also reporting their initial investigation suggests, indeed, it was Iranian weapons used in the attack, and they were, quote, not launched from Yemen, which is what was the earlier claim that we had Yemeni rebels uh, lobbing uh, drone attacks at the uh, oil facility. In other news, we got nearly 50,000 General Motors workers out on strike. They went out as of midnight after their contract talks uh, broke down. UAW says the workers are demanding fair wages, affordable health care, etc. I'm surprised this is going on with the backdrop of the uh, high-level UAW officials that are being uh, charged with all this corruption. You got some the, the top people in that union that the FBI's been working for years to nail down, and now they're finally charging them with all kinds. Just, I mean, straight out of mob movie stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which is not shocking at all, but it doesn't get that much press because, you know, uh, unions, so are, uncomfortable. unions are yeah. always good and standing up for the people and stuff like that. They're, well, yeah. I, they're not mob bosses like they're portrayed in the movies. Oh, yeah, it's the top guy and the guy under him and the guy under him. They're all being tried now, indicted. It's 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 corrupt as heck. Former vice... Well, and I'm sorry, one more thought, just... yeah. Uh, the auto industry is looking at some serious headwinds right now, and and GM they're targeting GM because it's the healthiest of the big, however many there are right now. But this is really not a time when General Motors can say, "Yeah, okay, okay, all right." It's highly unlikely they hold out and go hard for a long time. So we'll see where this one ends. Former Vice President Joe Biden says he will release his medical records before the Democratic presidential primaries and the caucuses begin. I don't recall asking for them, but that's lovely. Biden making that pledge uh, in Texas on Friday. 76-year-old Biden, one of the oldest candidates for the 2020 Democratic nomination. Now you'll see there are some results for my tests following my fight with corn pop. <laughs> you haven't heard that yet. We'll play that again later today. Hey, we have some breaking news. AOC has just come out yeah. for for Kavanaugh to uh, be impeached or to step down. Shut up. The Supreme Court justice should be impeached or step down under the recent allegations from the New York Times. On the other hand, she should shut up. She got them real tries. Mm. Yeah, she got them. She got them. Yep. One <laughs> and she ought to shut up. One last note. You were talking about Andrew Yang. Well, he has been out defending his campaign contest to give 10 families a share of $120,000. I'm so disappointed. Yeah, by that. Every, a shade on legal. Yeah. Whatever. Everybody was disappointed. I don't yeah. care if it's illegal. It just was just flat. <laughs> well, You can't tease. I'm going to do something nobody's ever done before and then do that. <laughs> it was awful. Caller number nine? <laughs> <laughs> if you win $1,000 is your big, giant, unprecedented presidential move? Oh, boy. Uh, Yang, claims, <laughs> Yang claims the plan. Oh, number nine. <laughs> Yang claims his plan is catching on like wildfire. Oh, well, the freedom dividend is catching on like wildfire yes. around the country because Americans realize it's not about the money. Okay. I'll always remember uh, doing a caller number nine when I was a disc jockey in a small town, uh, giving away a free taco, which had a value of roughly 69 cents, <laughs> and I got no calls. That was disappointing. <laughs> not a call. I couldn't get to nine. 
I had to do that a lot in small towns. Oh, yeah. where I'd, I'd do caller nine, and then because <laughs> I'd only get six calls, you'd have to give it to caller six. Did you make the same caller call back nine times, or did you just say, all right, caller three, Sometimes you're nine? Sometimes I would eat the taco. Yes, yes. Well, I, I absolutely, in my first radio job, would do a year number one. <laughs> Line lights up again. It's obviously the same person. Oh, yeah, exactly. You say, uh, you're number seven. Or, or you, click. Get, you get the prize away. And uh, and I had people tell me this. I was called number I was called number one, five, seven, and 11. So that's fantastic that's that I won. Oh, that's lucky. That's just like being stabbed in the heart. Yeah. I told you that. Oh. All right. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. I took it as a shot at my talent. Like, I'm just, I'm so bad that I don't have more listeners and not, you know, having the confidence to realize it's the prize. It's a crappy prize. Right. No normal person is going to pick up the phone to dial for a 69-cent prize. I'm a little busy. <laughs> I'm homebound, and I'm on welfare, so I'd have to, and I love tacos. And I'd have but... to drive to your radio station, yeah. park. Go in, find the right room. Fill out a form. Get the thing, then drive to the taco place for a 69-cent taco. I'm not going to do that. How about I just drive to the taco place and and pay for it? With change out of my ashtray here. (laughs) Right. It's so devastating, though, because you think... Because you start to think, you know, I'm I'm kind of I'm gaining some momentum here. I'm kind of getting to be big time. I should have done you it know, the I, other way around. Listening. I should have recorded the whole thing and said, you were caller 157 and 11. <laughs> you got nothing else to do. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> or you're starving. <laughs> you clearly need this taco more than I, sir. <laughs> Look, come by the station. I'll yeah. give you an extra dollar. You can get two tacos. Are so, you right? calling from Yemen? I mean, what is your situation? <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So there are more developments in the Kavanaugh story. New York Times really shaking the foundation of Washington, D.C. over the weekend. With yet another sexual allegation against Kavanaugh, except it's falling apart. As real journalists take a look at the story and say, where are the facts in this This story? This is garbage. Why is it in the opinion uh, section of the newspaper? Oh, because it's opinion and not a story. The New York Times has shaken the foundations of the New York Times, mostly. I saw it characterized by the fabulous Robbie Sauve of of reason as an own goal, as we say in the soccer business. Yeah, to me, that's the most troubling part of this whole thing, that just everybody has thrown their journalistic credibility out the window in their fever to bring down Trump. And I do not get it. If Trump is as bad as you claim, then real reporting should do the trick. (laughs) You shouldn't have to make up crap and abandon all your... Everything you've done all your whole career. What a quaint and old-timey attitude you have. By the way, Michael, what's what's that car song? Is it moving in stereo? Yeah. Uh, That's a great tune. I love that tune. Uh, Rick Ocasek of the Cars is Dead. It's a shame. 75 years old. I was shocked to hear he was 75. Then I remembered, oh, that's right, I'm getting older, too. Was he still married to the supermodel? Because back in the day, that was a big story. Because he was a, a quirky-looking fellow. Yes. And he married a, the most famous... 18-year-old supermodel. The hottest supermodel in the world. Left his second wife for a teenage supermodel. Oh, jeez. Yes. And then stayed married to her, uh, For a long time. They were, uh, they were separated mm. at this point for a couple of years. Did she kill him? 
What do you work for the New York Times? Mm, just asking. I'm He's not dead. Commenting on that. Okay, that's garbage. So, uh, so we got more on the Kavanaugh thing coming up, and we'll tell you about that. We're also going to talk to Mike Lyons about. He's our military analyst about Iran, and they attacked Saudi Arabia over the weekend. Certainly looks like it, uh, and their oil facilities, and that's a full-on act of war. That's knocked like out a, half of Saudi's oil-producing capabilities. That's not like a poke in the eye. That's serious. One of the reasons they might take such a, a, a crazy action that's going to draw them into a war is they're getting squeezed like heck financially by us, by Trump. Trump's maximum pressure campaign against Iran is really uh, having an effect, and Fox had some exclusive news on that on Friday. A relentless economic assault tearing through Iran's economy. That's what top U.S. officials see as the result of American sanctions as they form the administration's campaign against Iran, according to internal documents obtained exclusively by Fox News. We think the Iranian government will shrink, that their GDP will shrink by as much as 12 or 14 percent this year. The documents show 17 of Iran's 18 retirement funds are in the red, that Iran's largest pension fund is deteriorating and insolvency would be catastrophic potentially hitting the more than 7 million Iranians who are senior citizens. They also say Iran spends tens of billions of dollars a year subsidizing critical products like food, drugs, and fuel, as Iran's currency has lost about 70% of its value over the past year. Oil exports before U.S. sanctions were around... So uh, that's pretty big deal. 12 to 14% decline in your economy in one year. Your, your dollar goes down... S- 70% in one year. Mm-hmm. All your pension plans are going into the red. I mean, that's you're going to get a reaction from your populace. You can't hold on to power with people living that lifestyle. Yeah. And that might have something to do with their attack uh, on Iran or on Saudi Arabia. Drive up the price of oil. They produce a lot of oil in Iran. That's one thing that's killing them. Jack, there are positive and negative consequences that you can you know lay on people. You like what they do, you give them a little of. You don't like what they do, you pour on the hate. And Iran, at this point, has decided to keep going with hate. Uh, keep going with violence and, and negative countermeasures as we put more, more and more pressure on them. And and the Euros are not willing to really you know, cozy up to them, although they are trading with them more than we'd like them to, the U.S. would like them to. So this is just upping the ante over and over again. Iran's not backing down. And, and this is a big move. Heck yeah. They're in that proxy war with the Saudis in Yemen, and, and they, you know, screw with each other every chance they get. Um, I don't know how this ends well. well that's where we're going to talk to Mike Lyons. If you get next hours of the, the next hour of the Armstrong and Getty Show, I want to hear his military thoughts on this. Well, there's got to be a giant international conference, I think, or... This continues to escalate. I don't know how Iran has any other choice, and and they're a loathsome, terrible regime. Just because I I don't mean to sound sympathetic to the Iranian regime, I'm just trying to understand what their motivations are. My uh, my great uncle Tung Tu taught me that I really need to understand my adversary. Mm. That is not uh, that's not weakness. That's just smart. Um, what does Saudi do? They're just waiting for us, and we're conferring. I'm sure Mike Pompeo is on the phone to old uh, MSM or MGM or LSD or whatever the guy's name is. <laughs> the guy with the yacht and the paintings. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, end of the day today, you think? By the end of the day, somebody does something? or I don't know. You know, revenge is a dish best served cold, Jack. Hmm? 
expression that I never could figure out what the heck that meant for a long time. It means you're supposed to wait, right? But why? Bide your time. But why is it better? Because it's best served that way. <laughs> but why? It pairs with more wine. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and, and and hot revenge is just uh, it's a little little too, I don't know, pungent. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a very cold-hearted way to look at things. It is. Yeah. But on the other hand, why? You know, it's, it goes back to the old uh, before you hit send on an email thing. If it's a good idea to send this now, it'll be a good idea to send it tomorrow. But you'll have a better idea if it's a good idea tomorrow. But so I'm we'll angry con- now. We'll confer. We'll think. Uh, well, Mike Pompeo just hung up with old, uh, 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 you know, whatever his name is. MS. What, what is M- MBS? Mohammed bin Salman. I'm better off just remembering his name. MBS. So I get him off uh, mixed up with MSG, who's the guy in the UAE. Is that right? Yeah, who, actually, who actually is the, the, the ringleader of the whole thing. Right. Okay. So anyway, uh, yeah, they just hung up with uh, MBS, and they're now calling old uh, you know Macron in France, who's going to call uh, the beefy gal from Germany. Boy, I can't remember if and Israel might have a role in this. Oh yeah, Netanyahu's on the on the line on all of them. They have an election tomorrow. Oh Ooh. man, how good for Netanyahu is this? And yeah. I, again, I'm not making light of it. It just is. That's the fact. It's good for him. Um, and and so we're lining up allies and taking our time and and putting the revenge in the in the fridge to cool. <laughs> Bring um, out the flavors. Yeah. So it might not. Right. The flavors make friends overnight. Um, it might not be today, but. Something big, I think, is going to happen. Does Europe just say, okay, we're in. Nobody will do any trade with Iran in any way. Not only that, but we'll blockade it. Ooh, a naval blockade. That could be it. Okay. Mm. We'll talk to Mike Lines about that. I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey, the next hour of the show, if you are so fortunate as to receive it, uh, we encourage you to stay tuned for the Joe Biden corn pop speech. It is... Exquisite. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. Oh, boy. Oh, he's so terrible. You should hear the stuff Corn Pop wanted to do to people. Merciless. The mullahs of Iran wish they were as bad as Corn Pop. Well, this is exciting news from America's wackiest state, Real Impact Division. Now, in terms of pure day-to-day wackiness, please, Florida. Florida man. Everybody knows that. But in terms of policy-based, complete ridiculousness, nobody can touch California. And the state of Calunicornia has just officially added an 11th American state to its travel ban. The government of California has now banned taxpayer-funded trips to more than 20% of the other states. Wow. Leaving behind (laughs) stupid and fully entering ridiculousness. But don't they feel so important and powerful and and good by doing that? Congratulations, Iowa. You've been added to... what? Can the college teams play anywhere at this point? So why can't you go to Iowa if you're from California? In theory. Twelve years ago, Iowa's legislature made gender identity a protected characteristic under its Civil Rights Act, which prohibited refusing service to or discriminating against people based on their gender identity preferences. Well, in March 2019, the state Supreme Court ruled the protection extended to gender transition surgeries. Two months later, 
the governor signed a bill banning Medicaid spending on those surgeries. So the trans topic. So uh, California, wow, the virtue signaling state. It's all about meaningless virtue signaling. So Javier Becerra, the wackadoo AG of Cal Unicornia, says... Uh, California has taken an unambiguous stand against discrimination and government actions that would enable it. Uh, I do not have the complete list of states, I don't think, in front of me, and it doesn't really matter. Oh, there you go. You Texas, should be so proud of yourselves. Texas, Oklahoma. You know, I love this. This is great. It's the friggin' Internet. It's infinite, right? And so at the end of this article, in the uh, the Sacramento Bee, which used to be a real newspaper, it says... Other states on the tra- banned travel list include Texas, Oklahoma, North Carolina, Mississippi, and Kentucky. There are ten other states. They mention five of them. Why don't you list the other five, mm. you jackasses? Mm. What, did you run out of room on the Internet? <laughs> what are the other five? <laughs> what, are your fingers tired? You got carpal tunnel? You don't want to type it in? What are the states? <laughs> Jesus! 